the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along on a Monday edition, the dawn of a new day here on The Ride Home. It's the beginning of the next millennium. Yeah. I know, and you think, really? Does the next millennium begin on February 24th of... 2020. It is, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, because today's our very first day that we're streaming. We'll get a little wave out there, a That's little right. shout out. Hi, everybody. Everybody, hi. good to see you. Hi. Great. Yeah, so we're, 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 uh, we're on. <laughs> well, you look good. You look, you look I gotta good. I got to be honest. It's, you know, for people who are in radio, yeah. the thought of going into video format is not anything interesting to us, really. You know, because you think, well, we're in radio, we're like, you know, we like to do ideas. We like to, you know, be kind of introverted as we do our, you know, public thing. Cordoned off. That's in the past, John. Yep. Now it's... That's that's the old John and Kathy. Playing peekaboo. The new John and Kathy are doing all sorts of different things. Okay, speaking of doing different things, have you ever heard of Collip Monday? I did not until today, Uh but I I heartily support it. So Collip Monday is... Shrove Monday, which is the day before Shrove Tuesday, which seems like we're getting a little overboard, right. but whatever. As opposed to sh- okay. Shrove Sunday. Right. It's also called Pancake Day, mm. on which fried bacon slices and eggs form an appropriate dish. Why is that? Well, because you're not going to be able I – mean, bacon was a, was a food you would fast from during Lent, I traditionally. See. And some people still do that. Sure. Um, so – now you have to get it all in. Like, eat as much bacon in your house, empty it out today really? and tomorrow so that Wednesday you can be, like, on your new trajectory. So in days of old, for those who are following along closely with the church calendar, as you were ready to enter into the Lenten season and you were leaving all that behind, right? So the excess, the bacon that was around, well, lucky you if it was, like, three pounds of bacon. What's Oh, bacon in Carnegie. Oh, we love that restaurant. Oh, we sure do. It's on whatever that main street is there. I've had the bacon sandwich. Listen, you and Mike made yourselves Holy both smokes. physically sick <laughs> by eating that. I that, was. That BLT was, is a pound of bacon. That's it, sickening. It was so much. It was good, wasn't it, Mike? Every taste was worth it. Yeah, it was. Now, you, did you get sick, Mike? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I did, did not. Oh, I, I, I had enough. I wanted another one. You get out of here. That is wrong. <laughs> Seriously, it was so big. It was just... Uh, Untoward, but, but the restaurant itself, bacon in Carnegie. I thumbs love up. it. You know what my favorite thing is there? Hmm. Breakfast pizza. I've not had that. Scrambled eggs, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and dressed greens on on a pizza, like a, a flatbed. Uh huh. Really? Okay. Oh my god. Very nice. I mean, not a flat bed. Yeah, flat, a flat bread. <laughs> <laughs> It's a difference. Which is different. I'm kind of tired. Which I'm just going to lay yeah, here. Yeah, I understand. Just throw the bacon on top of me. All right. So tomorrow's Fat Tuesday. Yeah. Do you have a celebration? You know what? I never did, and I don't now. But, I was say, are you but there was a time when we had neighbors who would show up with the cake. Oh, with the king cake? Yes, and you know you'd have, if you get the little baby, 
I always wanted a, right. a little tiny plastic well, baby. That, that's good luck, right? Yeah, uh, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I don't have a thing. Do you have a thing? No. So you're supposed to, you know, so again, if you are following along the Lenten, the church calendar, Lent comes for a lot of people, especially in the Catholic tradition, they disavow themselves of what? Whatever. Some people don't eat meat for all of Lent. Yes. Some people don't eat meat on Fridays of Lent. I mean, you can, I mean, some people don't eat, like my aunt never eats sugar from Ash Wednesday through until Easter She's Sunday. sacrificing that desire yep. Yep. and instead giving it over. Yeah. Right? So. I think it's a terrific idea. I, I also like the of taking something on. Remember the year I took on exercise? Oh, yeah. That Remember? two years ago? I think it was two years two ago. Two years ago. How'd that yeah. work out? How'd you do? I hated that. Really? I did it. You did it? I did it. I think I exercised every every day but Sunday from Ash Wednesday really? to Easter. Did you wear a headband? Did I wear a headband? Like, you know. What does that mean? Olivia like Newton-John. Yeah. This, first of all, this isn't 1984. Well, that's what I kind of think of people yeah. like, you know, doing that. No. Okay. No. Did you join a gym? I did not join a gym. I worked out at home. That's lonely. Yeah. Was it lonely? No, no, no. I'd much rather. Wouldn't you rather work out alone than with people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who? I don't understand this going to a gym thing. I think it's a terrible idea. No, I get that people oh, do that because that, that, they would encourage you in your process. No, and you're absolutely sweating and you're not. Pain, you know. No, I don't want anyone to encourage yeah. me in my process. I want people <laughs> to just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm suffering over here. Gosh. I just had bacon and eggs last night. Please leave me alone. I hate exercising. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I hate it. Really? I mean, I, I'll do it, but I hate it. No, I think what, it's like anything. Once you didn't you find that you did it for a year? Oh, I did it for more than a year. I, I, I mean, I, I did it every day between Ash Wednesday and Easter, but then I kept on doing it for another. I don't know how long. Didn't you reach a point where you go, "This feels really good"? It felt good, felt yeah. Good. But I never, I never was like, "Boy, I cannot wait funny. to do this again today." Mm, yeah, never. Well, there have been times in my life where I've done that, and I, I see the benefits, and, and I think your mood in, in, uh, changes as well. Wait a minute. Are you saying that we need to do this for Lent? No, 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 I'm not. <gasps> Mike, I think that's what he was saying. I am not. I think I'm inside. I think it was like it was coming out Mm-mm. unbidden. No, 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 no. Oh, come on. Don't throw me under the bus on this. I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to exercise. At all. No, but all of a sudden it becomes like an indictment of my, you know, physicality. I'm not going to do that. Listen, first of all, I, I hurt myself, so I'm in some physical pain here lately. I yeah. don't want to get too too personal, but I'm just telling right. you, put it out there. You do push-ups, though. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, push-ups just, wouldn't hurt his feet. No. Mind your own business, you two. If you want to exercise, <laughs> you go right ahead and exercise. Coming up next, uh, we'll be talking about Bernie Sanders. He was on 60 Minutes last night. He doesn't exercise. No, I don't think he does. No, look, he's 78. Was it our first deep dive into the ideology of Bernie? I believe it was. I yeah. watched it. Did you? Yes, I did. Okay. Along with Anderson Cooper, I have a very hard time taking seriously. Since New Year's Eve. Yes. Anyway, Dr. Paul Kengor from Grove City College, he's professor of political science there. We're going to talk about what it means that Bernie Sanders is in the lead, and it's a big lead, mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. All right. Politics straight ahead on the ride home. Obamacare, Trump Care, Affordable Care, Cobra, all so many choices, but they bring one word to mind expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Unfortunately, I know someone who's been on the forefront of health insurance for years, and it's Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They expertly help you to choose the best plan for your needs and then do it 
prudently. You don't need maternity coverage? Well, call Marley. Do you have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley. Do you want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. And all of Marley's plans are ACA compliant. And because they know how to design them, most of the clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousands of dollars a year for you. So call Todd. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 or on the web, marleyfg.com. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a Good Morning America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive, or will Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Get your daily dose of family-strengthening encouragement anytime, anywhere with the new Focus on the Family broadcast app, featuring exclusive content and offline listening. Get it today at Google Play or the App Store. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at CCASchool.com. Tuned in last night to watch 60 Minutes. Anderson Cooper sat down with uh, presidential frontrunner Bernie Sanders for a very revealing conversation. Here to talk to us about this is Dr. Paul Kengor, Senior Director, Chief Academic Fellow for the Center for Vision and Values, Professor of Political Science at Grove City College. Paul, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Hey, John, Kathy, good. How are you two? Real good. Real good to talk to you, Paul. And wasn't last night interesting? I mean, I guess it's not a surprise to those of us who follow the news, even the you know, basic media points, that uh, Bernie Sanders does not know how much his various plans will cost if implemented. Yeah, yeah, well, it's no surprise, Kathy. I mean, his what he's what he's planning to do with health care 
is um, you know to to borrow from his language a revolution. <laughs> he, he uses that word. He uses the word revolution all the time. And you know Bernie Bernie's plan. I would think we should start calling it Bernie Care probably. Mm. But it's it's well to the left of of, of Obamacare. I, I mean the idea of single payer. You know, Obama famously said that if you if you like your health care plan, you could keep it, right? right. And you know, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have said, well, you know, I really wasn't able to keep it. Well, I mean, most people were, but Michael Bloomberg pointed out on that stage last week. He said, he said if Bernie Sanders' plan would go through, 147, 150 million Americans who say they like their current health care plan wouldn't be able to keep it because the idea would be to move to a single-payer system, which which would be truly – I mean, conservatives said all the time that Obamacare, you know, this is, this is socialized medicine. This is a government takeover of medicine. Well, in, in the case of, of, of Bernie's plan, this would actually be closer to that. Um, and, you know, at least it, with, with everybody going to – um, single payer, right, would would mean really a single source, a, a government source, and and that's much more in keeping with and what you would expect from somebody who who is indeed a self-admitted lifetime socialist. Right. So Bernie Sanders, who would once be considered far left fringe right. as a candidate or as a part of a, the government, now has shockingly, Paul, become mainstream. Are, are you surprised like we are? No, I'm not, because I've I've followed the data so closely over the years, and and you know we've we've talked about this a number of times, right? About how the data on young people, in particular, on millennials, saying that they prefer socialism over capitalism, those those numbers started to change. It's I mean part of what I do is I track this stuff, and they started to finally flip around 2010, 2012 during the Obama presidency. And it's now a pretty solid majority of young people say they prefer socialism over capitalism. And one of the re- and, and, and Paul, let me yeah. just interrupt you and say one of the reasons has to be the staggering amount of student debt that people that age are incurring. Well, well, maybe so. I, I think part of it too, Kathy, is and, may, and this might be a positive, maybe a kind of slightly redeeming or or encouraging signal in all of it. Is is that when you ask them to define socialism, you really see that they don't really know, right, what, know it what it means, is, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, but 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 you're right too because they will say things like, "Well, it means that I won't have to pay for college, I won't have to pay for health care, right? Uh, people sharing things, people being kind to one another." You know, they don't say things. Well, yeah, it means you know, socialism has always meant common common ownership of the means of production, <laughs> and I I want government ownership of the means of production. They don't say, well, as it says in Marxist Leninist theory, right, socialism yeah. is the final transitionary step to communism, and and that's what I want because, as Marx and Engels said, I favor abolition of private property. So they they have their kind of very generous, creative, you know, individualistic definition of what socialism means, which isn't really socialism. I mean, a lot of times what they want is generally what you see in a number of different Western European um, social democracies. And and they don't understand this language. A social democracy or a, a generous welfare state isn't democratic socialism. So it's real easy to get to get these 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 labels confused, especially when somebody like Bernie 
I think is pretty good at you know not coming right out and telling people where he stood, what he believed. I mean, in 1980, his his party was the Socialist Workers Party. That's that's who he campaigned for. That, that's the old Trotskyist wing that that split apart from Stalin and the Soviets in, in 1928. Okay, speaking um, of that inter- Paul, yeah. Paul, listen to this. Speaking of uh, Bernie not being able to give specifics, I'm looking at a transcript of last night's interview on CNN. Anderson Cooper says, "So, do you have a price tag for all these things?" And Bernie says, no, I don't. I mean, we try. I mean, no, you mentioned making public colleges and universities tuition-free and canceling all student debt. That's correct. That's what I want to do. We pay for that through a – I say I can't even say it without laughing – through a modest tax on Wall Street speculation. Anderson Cooper says, but you say you don't know what the total price is, but you know how it's going to be paid for. How do you know it's going to be paid for if you don't know how much the price is? And Sandra says, well, yeah. I can't rattle off to you every nickel and every dime. But we've accounted wow. for, you know, you talked about Medicare for all. We have options out there that will pay for it. I mean, it is so yeah. shockingly nonspecific and so ridiculously pie in the sky. There's no Who thinks that this is even workable? A lot of people. In any right. way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, I guess um, he's speculating on Wall Street speculations, right? He's speculating on his tax plan. But even that phrase, though, right, Kathy, on Wall Street speculation. A modest right? tax. Yeah, yeah, it just—it's it, just—it's the kind of language that you'd hear from a socialist, right? I'm going to get the Wall Street speculators, right? I'm going to get those big bankers, those money guys, and it—it's it, that kind of classic class warfare okay, and right. class rhetoric, yeah, that, that you would expect, and it, and of course it's just nonsense. And, and and another thing he's been saying for a year. And I, I've had my one of my students pointed this out to me several months ago. I didn't believe it at first, but but he has this slogan: that "No billionaires, no billionaires." Really? And he actually has a plan to to eliminate billionaires. And and the and the plan, if you if you look this up, I've tried to get a handle on it, but it looks like it would be some kind of scaling up tax system or tax percentage that would prohibit somebody from, I guess, ever surpassing the threshold of. Mm-hmm. Nine hundred ninety-nine million dollars and you know ninety-nine cents. Oh, I'm something. sure. I'm, I'm sure the billionaire would never figure out a way to get around that. <laughs> right from Grove City College, Paul Kengor is with us. Paul, senior director, chief academic fellow for the Center for Vision and Values. He's also a New York Times bestseller, God and Ronald Reagan. His latest is called Reagan's Legacy in a World Transformed. Co-authored with Jeffrey Chidster. So, Paul, uh, the big takeaway for uh, for mainstream media last night was, of course, Bernie Sanders uh, talking about Fidel Castro and saying, well, you know, Fidel Castro is essentially not a, such a bad guy. He had a literacy program for the people in his country. How bad can he be? Yeah, it, it's quite amazing. And, he, and he's been saying things like that about Castro since 1985. And, and in fact, uh, you know, I, I use Bernie as an example, as I've had had for, boy, 10, 12 years in my comparative politics college uh, uh, course at Grove City College, when I talk about Cuba. And and we go through all these different horrific things that have happened in Cuba, and I say, well, is there anything anybody could say that's positive about Cuba? And I say, yeah, you have certain people on the really far left, like you know Bernie Sanders, and everyone would used to laugh, right? And no one, but now now they just kind of groan when I when I say that they they, they can't believe that that he's as popular as he is. But you'd have guys like him say, well, in Cuba they they have free health care and they have free education. Right. And as if that's some sort of great thing. Look, look, Britain has free health care and free education. 
Uh, you know, the, the Scandinavian countries have free health care and free education. But by the way, it's never actually free. Right, you, you pay for it with your tax dollars, right? But but you know, as, as Britain, Canada, and you know, almost all of the Western world can tell you, you can find a way to have universality in healthcare without resorting to a totalitarian dictatorship. You don't have to go to the way of Fidel Castro to see to it that, 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 that people get uh, healthcare when they walk into the emergency room. We do that in the United States. Through, we try to through a combination of private health insurance, Medicare, and Medicaid. Uh, and, the, and again, free education, high literacy rates. The Soviet Union had high literacy rates. They, they, we have high literacy rates all over the world, and you can do that without having a totalitarian state that hasn't held free presidential elections you know, since Fidel Castro started promising them in 1959. It's just absurd. Right. Paul Kangor with us, Senior Director and Chief Academic Fellow for the Center for Vision and Values and Professor of Political Science at Grove City College. All right, Paul, so let's look at the bigger picture. Um, do you liken what's happening with Bernie and the Democrats to what happened with Donald Trump and the Republicans four years ago? Are there similarities? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think it's very, very similar. And I remember doing... Michael Medved's show here at Grove City College about a year ago, and and we were talking about this, and and he said and he said, come on, there there's no way Bernie could possibly get the nomination, especially if he only has 25 to 30 percent of people in the party following him, and I said, well, remember what happened with Donald Trump, right? You had so many Republicans who wanted to go up against Hillary Clinton that that there were a dozen of them. It, it, it was it was Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, John Kasich, wow, Rand Paul, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Carly Farina. It, it was at least a dozen really good candidates. And in the end, it ended up being like probably the top six of those that I named. And, and Donald Trump, with 20, 25, 30 percent of the vote, kept winning while Rubio and Cruz and Kasich and Jeb Bush split all the rest. And, and that's sort of exactly what's happened with the Democrats is so many of them hate Donald Trump that you had a dozen, two dozen candidates. And right now, there's a, Bernie's getting a solid 25, 30, although I can't believe how much he got in Nevada. That was I know, shocking. Sure was. I know. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Trump had, had one really big state like that at one point, too. I can't remember what it was early on. But, but otherwise, Bernie's getting in with 25 percent of the vote, and then the other half dozen are splitting all the rest. And, and right now... Joe Biden, who was the alternative, it looks like Michael Bloomberg is coming in and, and just splitting the Biden vote right down the middle. Hmm. And and so Biden now, rather than being 20, 21 percent neck and neck with Bernie in some of these states, is now like 12 and 12 percent with Bloomberg. So Bloomberg, kind of like John Kasich, I think, is really coming in and blowing it all up mm-hmm. and, and hand, yeah, handing it over to Sanders in the way that that uh, John Kasich kind kind of came in when people would have went for either Cruz or Rubio and made it possible for Donald Trump to get it. So, Paul, I'm reading today about uh, Barack Obama, that there are those in the Democratic hierarchy, apparently, who are hoping that uh, the president, the former president, would reach out and say, let's uh, take some power away from Bernie Sanders and give it to another candidate, as though uh, the president, the former president, Barack Obama, would be a kingmaker in some way. Yeah, it, it, and they're not the only one. I'm looking at my screen at a picture of James Carville, 
And I, you know, James Carville, a couple weeks ago, he was he was the campaign advisor to, to Bill Clinton. He he was pointing out he's he said this is basically the apocalypse <laughs> for the Democratic Party, and, and and he's been protesting that Bernie Sanders isn't even a Democrat, which is a really important point. I mean, the, the man was never a Democrat until 2016 when he pursued the Democratic Party presidential nomination. He was an independent. He was a capital I independent, I and the, uh, prior to that, he was a socialist. So he, he's just coming in with, with the Democratic Party being his vehicle to try to take it to to try to win the presidency. And and I, you two probably also saw the Chris Matthews quotes over the last few weeks, yes. where where he's comparing this to the Nazis entering Paris in 1940. Because Chris Matthews, he's at MSNBC, he's a liberal, he's a, he's a Democrat, but he's always been an anti-communist, Cold War liberal, right. um, anti-socialist, and and you know he, he knows he he knows that you don't want a a, a former Trotskyist at the at the head of the ticket. That's that's just unthinkable. And it's probably the political death knell for his party. Okay, so is this hashtag Never Bernie? Are we going to have that element of the Democratic Party? Now, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Right. I, I don't know because they have – Democrats have a, a, a striking and I think very sad ability to, to defend almost everything that their party leaders do, uh, far worse than I think Republicans that have gotten behind Trump because I still talk to conservatives who, who support Trump and say, listen, I don't like the guy. But but I, I voted for him to stop Hillary, and by the way, I'll certainly vote for him to stop Bernie Sanders too. But but the Democrats, they this has been my criticism of them for for a long time. They, they don't they don't criticize their party leaders on abortion, and now you have the entirety of every single leader of the party. They're all pro-choice. There's not a single pro-lifer among them. Even Joe Biden no longer supports the Hyde Amendment. Right. Right. Elizabeth Warren you know, really went after him hard last summer like she did michael bloomberg the other night and pushed biden to abandon the hyde amendment so there's not a single pro-lifer among them they're all kind of um hardcore on same-sex marriage lgbtq in fact their, their number two guy pete Buttigieg, is married to a man and, and, and there's never been any self-criticism within their party on those issues and and now i don't know if if a socialist is the guy at the head of their party i i bet that many of them will fall in line and simply start defending them. I see. So, Paul, um, it it's feels early, but, of course, it also feels late. So just as a matter of speculation or looking at a crystal ball, what do you think is going to come down the pike when you give this some thought? Well, right now, and I'm looking at the real clear politics averages today, and speaking of uh, Nevada and Vegas, the betting odds are now for Sanders 57%. Wow. Which is, yeah, which is just incredible. It hasn't been that high for anybody. Bloomberg is at 21 percent. Buttigieg is at nine. Um, Buttigieg is at 9.7. Biden is down to 8.9. And, and Biden had been leading in the betting odds for the longest time. And now nationally, Sanders at 29 percent. Biden at 17. Um, Bloomberg at 15. If, if, if one of those two guys could go out, Biden or Bloomberg, then, then maybe the, the, the next the guy still standing could take on Sanders. But those two are splitting the moderate vote. The only state, state that, I, that I see Biden competitive in right now is South Carolina. 
and Sanders is gaining ground on him there. Sanders is way ahead in California. He's even beating Biden in Texas, uh, of, of all things. Maybe that's everybody in Austin. I, I, yeah, I, right. I don't Who know. Knows? I just, it's, it's really crazy. Paul, I can't thank you enough for being here and helping thank us you, to wade through this. I mean, we'll be in touch soon because it seems like there's more information and more shocking quotes coming on a daily basis. Paul Kengor from Grove City College. He is uh, the director, chief academic fellow, the Center for Vision and Values at Grove City College. Paul Kengor. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com radio. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com radio. That's BambooHR.com radio. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code WORD. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Make mealtime easy and delicious with Bob Evans side dishes like mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. They're made with real milk, butter, cheese, and potatoes and are ready in the microwave in six minutes. Try Bob Evans sides from your grocery store. It'll be love at first bite. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, cloudy with occasional rain from late evening on low 38. Tomorrow and tomorrow night, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle. High tomorrow, 47. Low tomorrow night, 41. Cloudy Wednesday with rain at times, high 49. 
Thursday, cloudy, becoming windier and colder with a snow shower, high 28. Friday, still cloudy, brisk and cold, high 28. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. So we've been talking about this now for a few weeks, but today is the day that we are streaming live on the uh, Word FM Facebook page. You go on uh, Facebook and look at uh, 101.5 Word FM Pittsburgh. You scroll down for just a touch and you'll see us. Uh, it says uh, streaming now live. Pittsburgh Word FM Pittsburgh is live now. And there is our bright and shining faces. Oh, isn't that <laughs> wonderful? Yeah, so for now, Hello. it's not on our Facebook page, The Ride uh, Home with Johnny Kathy. But instead, let me just make that clear. It's on 101.5 Word FM Pittsburgh yeah. Facebook page. We salute you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Um, so that's something that we've been working on. We hope that you enjoy that. We hope that's another way that you can interact with the show. We are not currently enjoying it that much. No, we're not because it's you know very odd right. experience when you have spent your... You know, career in radio. Right. We've been um, in a hole for the past 10 years. Yeah. So coming up next, Tim Muehlhoff, we're yep. going to talk about um, Christians. Mm-hmm. Are we perceived as being closed-minded? Anti-intellectual. Are you anti-intellectual? No, I, I hope not. I, I hope. think that we present a, a good variety of topics and The last thing a Christian should be is anti-intellectual. Yeah. A Christian should be the most intellectual. Tim Muehlhoff joins us on that conversation Please. in a few minutes. Stay with fix us. it. Turning point with David Jeremiah. Just like that, the kingdom of this world will end and Christ will set up his own kingdom. I don't plan to be here. I'm going to be gone. Because seven years before that, the rapture happens and all God's children are going to be up there. But I'm coming back with him, so I'm going to watch it all. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Handwriting on the Wall, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with the choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam mattress. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high-quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam in the new hybrid mattresses from the original Mattress Factory. With two new hand-built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high-quality and factory-direct pricing you've come to expect from the original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. When the Original Mattress Factory first opened for business, we offered mattresses that were the same quality as the mainstream brands, but at a fraction of the cost. Our Factory Direct model made it easy for customers to understand they were getting a great value. But over the last few decades, the mainstream mattress brands have made major cuts to quality, while the Original Mattress Factory's quality has only improved. And we still cost less than those other brands. We know that all sounds too good to be true. That's why we're inviting you to stop by one of our stores or factory locations to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985... We shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Streaming live on Facebook. Find us at 101.5 Word FM Pittsburgh. Yes, you'll see our visage bright and shining. Is it fair to say that when you see Christians presented in film or television or just in conversation with people who are not believers, that in many ways the stereotypes of conservative Christians is that we are closeted, anti-intellectual, not wanting to see the world as it is? Yes. You think so? Yes. Tim Uhlhoff is with us. Tim's a regular guest on our show. He's professor of communications at Biola University, always a very thoughtful guest. Tim, is that your perception as well, that we are closeted as believers and anti-intellectual? Um, I would have to say, based on an exercise I've been doing with my students for the last eight years, I would say yes. Really? So can I tell you this fun thing I do with my students? Yeah, please. I come in as, a, as my own guest lecturer, uh, somebody from UNC Chapel Hill. He's a postmodern lecturer, and he comes walking in, and the students are ready for it. They know that I'm going to do this. So I walk in, and, and the first words out of my mouth is this. Boy, I was just so bummed that Parasite won Best Picture. I just, I don't get it. There's no way it could beat uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's just no way. You have two iconic actors. You have one, one of the most um, courageous directors, Quentin Tarantino, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then eventually one student raises his hand and says, well, can I just ask, like, when you, uh, when you saw Parasite, what did you think of it? I said, oh, I, I've not seen Parasite. I, I don't need to see Parasite. I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nothing could beat it. Musical score, script, actors, director, nothing could absolutely beat it. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Of, of all the movies nominated, which ones have you seen? I said, oh, I've not seen any of them. I don't need to. I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a pause, and they say, well, come on. That I go, what, what do you want to say? One, one girl, well, I think that's kind of ignorant. I said, how so? She said, you've not seen any of the movies. I go, fair enough. Back up. Just one quick question. Let me ask you a quick question. When you're growing up in your home, did you guys have family devotions? This girl looks at me and says, yes. Yeah. I said, from the Bhagavad Gita? She <laughs> goes, well, no. From the Vedas, the Hindu scriptures? Uh, no. From the uh, Quran? Answer, no. I said, what, what did they do? Well, they did it out of the Bible. I said, and you became a Christian? Shocker. I said, but how do you know Christianity is right? H- how do you know the Bible's right? And, and she's like, well, because... It's so powerful, and so and just list a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. I said, but have you read the Quran? She said, no. You've not read any book of a different uh, faith, right? And she said, yes. I said, welcome to my position. You think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best movie, thus you don't need to watch anything else. Oh, At that nice. point, it's dead silence in the class, and all my students are like, I – Something's not right about this, but something's really right about it. And that's kind of where I leave them. Wow. That's powerful, Tim. I mean, you just like nail people against the wall. So we are anti-intellectual. 
Well, yeah. Well, if, if you okay, <laughs> I do want to keep my job at the end of this, or I'm going to be joining <laughs> you on Facebook. It'll be the threesome. <laughs> hey, that could be fun. It that could be, be fun. great. Yeah. Um, so here's Kathy. If, if we define anti-intellectual as not well-rounded, like here's what I say to my students: mm. You're well-educated. You are well-educated when you graduate from here, but you're not well-rounded mm. because you've not read anything. Now, here's another way that they try to tackle it. Okay, but but what if what if we do read the Quran to see what's wrong with it? I said, okay, how would you react to me if I said, okay, I will go see Parasite and, and highlight all the ways that it's inferior to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? What would you say about my attitude walking into Parasite? And they would say, well, you're biased. You've already made that. Yeah, welcome to you reading the Quran. See, we should do Aristotle's method of the dialectic, which was you can ar- argue both sides of the issue in order to find the truth. Yes. Right. And I said, so even if we do it, we're already biased against one of the options. Yeah, but you can't disregard belief in any pursuit like that. So if, if you truly have no belief, you're, you're going in as you, you just, you're not leaning in any particular way. But if you're already feeling one particular way, whether you're talking about, you know, politics or you're talking about religion or, you know, film. any other decisive or film, right? So it's not the same if I have seen, I mean, I, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought it was the best film I'd, I'd seen this year. But I didn't see Is that all. The only one you saw? And that's the only one I saw. So I'm just like Tim. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. You can't. You can't. We're, we we're not all going to enter into every decision making situation as a blank slate. Okay. Oh, oh no. And I totally agree. So I agree in one way, and I'll push back in another. I totally agree that we're biased. Absolutely. Many of my students have grown up in a Christian home, so they're biased towards Christianity. Nothing wrong with that in a postmodern world. I just need to recognize my biases okay. now and seek to counteract them. So acknowledge them. it. Right. Acknowledge yeah. this is where I'm coming from. I know this is where I'm starting out. Yes. Yeah, I've been a Christian since age 13. I teach at a Christian university. Um, I'm deeply committed to the Christian perspective, duly noted. But I also want truth. Right. I also, at the end of the day, want to know, is there a God? If so, which God? And I really want to find, uh, at the end of the day, true spirituality. And, and again, if parents are listening to this, I'm sure, as a parent myself, they're all saying, no way would I have that my student in that guy's classroom. There's no way. I'm going to pump them up with the truth each one of my kids, and hope that it sticks for their lifetime. In other words, we're going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood every single day, and I'm going to point out all the good things about it, and then I just hope and pray that they never watch another movie. I see. So then at the same time, uh, Tim, I mean, very few people who have read the Quran or have read the Torah have gone, and were believers in Christianity, have jumped ship, so to speak, and left Christianity behind. Yeah, and I will admit that that's true, but but I think at the end of the day, it strengthens it strengthens without faith. a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. And and stu- again, I'm dealing with students again, seniors. I mostly deal with seniors. This isn't for freshmen. I don't think they have the critical thinking skills yet. But 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 here's why I do this. I do this in my class, and I've mentioned this on your program before. We're seeing the largest exodus 
of conservative evangelicals leaving the faith and adopting the moniker of nuns, no religious Mm -hmm. affiliation, we've ever seen in the last 25 years, we need to start asking the question, why are they leaving? Here's why I think they leave. We really do a good job of saying, look at all the beautiful aspects of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It really is a great film, but I'm going to keep you from Parasite. I'm going to keep you from Ford versus Ferrari, right? And then when they actually go and see it, when they actually explore on their own, they don't have any type of category to to watch these movies. So now we see young evangelicals leaving in droves because they're enticed by Parasite or other worldview options. I think my job as a parent and as a professor is to say, listen, let me tell you about Parasite. It's a good movie. It really is. And I'm not going to gloss over that. Buddha, his handling of suffering, of evil, you have to consider what the Buddha said because it's profound. Um, The Quran is one of the most amazing books ever produced. And, And there's a lot of points of agreement. And then, of course, there's points of disagreement as a Christian that I'm really going to disagree with Muhammad. But but we don't need to be afraid of going right. to see these movies. Right. And today, I think we live out of fear. If we let them see a movie, then what happens right. if they walk yeah, away yeah, from yeah. the faith? Right. Okay, so yeah. let me let me give you an example that is is uh, politically based and not not religion based. My daughter's a uh, a junior in college right now, and she took a poli sci class. In fact, it was with Paul Kangor, ironically, who City. who was just our last just our last guest. But oh. as part of her class, she had to read the Communist Manifesto. So in talking to her last night on the phone, she said, well, I'll tell you, you'd, you know, if, if everybody read the Communist Manifesto, you'd have a different perspective of Bernie Sanders' candidacy. Mm-hmm. Just, mm. you know, because yeah. now it's a part of her knowledge base. I've read clips of the Communist Manifesto, but, but I've never, I never sat down and read the whole thing. Sure. So I have a, I'm working from a different level of understanding than she is. Right. And I think that's our goal first, now speaking as a college professor. The very first goal is not critique. There's two different ways to listen. There's listening to understand and then listening to critique. And I think listening to understand is what a college ought to be about. A university is I teach you critical thinking skills your your, um, freshman and sophomore years, and then I give you real-life scenarios. So I'm going to teach a class with my co-author. We wrote Winsome Persuasion together. We're teaching a class on how to talk about the election in the fall, and then we're training churches how to talk about the election. And one thing we're going to do is the method of the dialectic. See, we're able to do it in politics, not in religion, because obviously I can't be talking people out of Christianity, but in in, relig- in uh, politics we can have this great class and have them read biographies and histories of political parties and then say at the end of the day, what, what are you going to choose based on a good understanding of both political parties? I see. So then to go back to the film analogy, I need someone, I need a, uh, a Martin Scorsese who is a master of his craft informing my students on the tenets of Christianity. I don't need someone like Roger Ebert, who is the film critic, to just sort of take apart the, uh, the, the Christian worldview. Yeah, yeah, and I'd back up the train maybe even one more station and say, how do we analyze a film? But like, what are the criteria that's used to analyze a film, whether it's um, quality enough to be nominated for an Oscar? Then I step back and say, by the way, how do you choose a worldview? 
Like, what is the criteria by which we would use? And this is what I teach uh, when I work with uh, high school students, Christian high school students going into secular universities, is, hey, what are the five different attributes for judging a worldview? And then how does Christianity stack up to the five as compared to Hinduism, Buddhism, or postmodernism? And then I let the criteria speak for itself, and, and there we get to be able to say positive things about Hinduism, because it does do well and part of the criteria. But at the end of the day, I do think Christianity comes out based on that criteria as the strongest. So then, Tim, that inability to look at the Quran or the Torah or whatnot, is it based upon laziness and or fear? Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fear-driven. I had one parent call. I, I do have my students read the Quran cover to cover in one of my classes, and I had a dad call me and say, how will you sleep at night if, if one of your students leaves the faith having read the Quran? And my response to him, you know, being a dad, of course, sympathetically, I just said, boy, I'll tell you what, if all it took was one book, yeah. that student was going to walk away anyway. So let, let's, let, if all it took was watching Parasite, then, hey, let's have them watch Parasite and and put the pieces back together and have a great conversation about that. And then, John, I think it is laziness because you're like, well, then why are we going to stop at the Quran? Let's go. Shouldn't we do the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita? And my answer is yes, but this is a lifetime of study, a lifetime of building up your faith and getting critical thinking skills. So I do think each summer I encourage my students to read outside the Christian tradition, um, and then we have a great conversation when they come back, and they're like, hey, I read Nietzsche. I've got a million questions. It's like, yeah, because Nietzsche's really good, and he's really wrong. But he's really good when he's good, and here are some mm-hmm. situations that I really appreciate Nietzsche. Uh, theologians call Nietzsche black grace. He shows you God by his absence. Mm-hmm. Like, like Nietzsche takes God out of the picture, and then we rebel as human beings because we've been created for God. So when God is taken out of the picture, it's like people rise up and say, well, that just doesn't work. And it doesn't work because you were created for God. But I'm not going to say to my students, yeah, no reading Nietzsche, no Sartre, no Parasite, no Little Women. All we're going to do is watch um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so I think at the end of the day, I hope we wind back up with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but now my students are loving the Lord their God with all their heart, Mm -hmm. mind, and soul, not just their heart. So if all truth is God's truth, no fear. Very good. Yeah, but but, and Kathy, I I totally believe that, but parents, please hear me when I'm talking to you, is I'm not talking necessarily about kids in junior high. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about freshmen in high school, though I do think senior year of high school, they they better be getting some of this. And then when, when you send them to Biola University or any university, my job is going to teach them really good critical thinking, teach them what the criteria is, and then guess what? We're going to have some hard conversations their junior, senior year, because we're not the only kid on the block. And there's actually some really good movies out there that they need to be aware of. That's good. Hard conversations, often very good conversations. From Biola University, Tim Uhlhoff is with us. His latest book is called Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. Tim Uhlhoff from Biola University. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! 
Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, Uh a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Terrific news. What is that? It's National Tortilla Chip Day. Oh, my gosh. Don't get my... I love myself a tortilla chip. I am very particular about my tortilla chips. Really? Yes. I have one favorite. I want to ask you if you do as well. John? Yes, I do. Tell me. I have the Tostitos little round bite size. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy those. What? I don't. Why not? I don't. They're, they're too thick and I, the round thing is, is distracting oh, and like seems it. synthetic. Mike? Tostitos lime. Oh. oh. Say no more. Yes. I, the best. I'm going to go with okay. Mike. I'm switching, All right, that is switching very gears good. here. It that is. is very good. But even better than that. Which is? Tostitos cantina chips. Cantina? Extra thin. Listen to me. Really? They are like paper thin. Mm-hmm. All they are basically is some corn with salt. Well, how do you? It's delicious. Then when you go to scoop up some guac, they're not scooping. You're not what you're just eating the. Chip. You're just eating them on their own. Okay. If you're scooping, I'd say you go for the Tostitos regular. Thank you. But if you're just oh, eating lime. for the pleasure of eating, mm. or 
If it's just a regular snack with nothing to do with anything else, you have to go along. Yeah. Listen, you know who makes a good chip is uh, Giant Eagle. A tortilla chip? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've bought them like for parties and whatnot. A big bag. They are very good. They're light. They're nice and salty. That's really? a good chip. Yeah, Giant Eagle chip. Okay. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the chips at Chipotle. Chipotle. Really? I don't like the guacamole. Yeah. I think the chips are good. The chips have lime and salt on them. I think they're oh, delicious. Nice. I think once you make your own guac, then you become There's accustomed no, to that. Why Why would you do that exactly. in a restaurant? I agree. Yeah. yeah. Unless you go to like to a high-end place and the person comes over and makes it for you table side. Isn't that a, it's a luxury? Without saying the name of the place. Remember the place we went to that did that? Oh, yeah. Then they went out of business. <laughs> do you think that was related? That was good, though. It was very delicious. It was very delicious. I liked how they did that. Yep. Made me a little anxious, though. Someone by your table, sort of like making something. Think how anxious for they you. were knowing they were about to go out of business. Oh, poor guys. Okay, happy, uh, what, tortilla day? National Tortilla Chip Day. Very nice. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley told reporters today the Trump administration is working hard to keep the coronavirus out of the United States, despite showing signs of stabilizing in China, where fewer new infections are being reported, worries are growing elsewhere. The widow of Kobe Bryant has sued the owner of the helicopter that crashed in fog and killed her husband and her 13-year-old daughter last month. The wrongful death lawsuit filed by Vanessa Bryant in Los Angeles says the pilot was careless and negligent by flying in cloudy conditions January the 26th and should have aborted the flight. Fears from the widening coronavirus outbreak did rock Wall Street today, bringing sharp losses on all the major indexes. The Dow was off 1,032 points. The Nasdaq fell 355. And the S&P down 111. This is SRN News. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere, at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. 
Does your church have a 2020 vision for missions? PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries presents the 2020 Vision Conference, Saturday, March 7th at the Lamont. A day to equip your church to reach the nations through local and world evangelism. Ravi Zacharias Ministries, Lou Phillips, and an esteemed panel of guests discuss the unique challenges of sharing the gospel in our changing times. Buffet lunch included. Reserve now at pghcommission.org. An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading and watching TV more comfortable. But not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the right features for you, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. At the Original Mattress Factory, we recently improved the quality of our adjustable beds while making them even more affordable. And our new adjustable bases are designed to work with your existing wood, metal, or platform bed. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location to elevate your sleep experience today. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Tonight, cloudy with occasional rain from late evening on low 38. Tomorrow and tomorrow night, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle. High tomorrow, 47. Low tomorrow night, 41. Cloudy Wednesday with rain at times, high 49. Thursday, cloudy becoming windier and colder with a snow shower, high 28. Friday, still cloudy, brisk and cold, high 28. With your Accu with the forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Live from the uh, Salem-Pittsburgh studios, we've gone Hollywood. We are big time now. We are not. I don't think we are. Look at us. But it, it does seem like there's a lot of light. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's more going on than I think. So we've talked about this now for several months, and uh, today's the day. We are unveiling our streaming live. You can see our show. You can see our visage. The two of us, Kath and I, and, uh, well, three of us, actually. Mike as well. Although Mike, Is the mic cam hooked up? No mic cam yet. yet. No, okay. There's no mic cam. All right. But uh, you go to the Facebook page, the Word FM Facebook page, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. Stream down or scroll down just a little bit, and there you'll see us. And uh, let's give a little wave there. Hi. Good to see us. There we are. All right, so bad wait, news. Wait. Well, I mean, good news. What, depending on No, no, no. I'm moving on to something else. Because, okay, right. I mean, how long can we talk about streaming? Right. Although, I, we, I love to get the comments. There are some comments up there. It was great to hear from people oh, who yeah. were watching the stream. Very nice. Um, anyway, Harvey Weinstein, oh. uh, powerhouse film producer, Mr. Hollywood, uh, obviously the the number one name associated with the hashtag MeToo movement, yep. uh, today found guilty of two felony sex crimes after a trial in which six women testified he had sexually assaulted them. This is the uh, Times article by Jan Ransom. Yes, yes. Uh- Harvey Weinstein sat motionless. He displayed little emotion as the verdict was read. And then he said, but I'm innocent. The producer repeated three times to his lawyer. Minutes later, apparently, he appeared stunned as he was handcuffed and led out of the courtroom uh, between 5 and 29 years. 
Cyrus Vance Jr., who uh, is the Manhattan district attorney, his whole political career sort of rested mm-hmm. on this case. Because Be- he declined to prosecute right. Weinstein back in 2015. Yep. So it's come full circle. And um, I- I'm not surprised. Are you? No. No. I think that this was uh, sort of a done deal from the get go that mm-hmm. they were going to find a way. And I-, I do believe that he was guilty, that he is guilty because he was a predator. Yeah. And there could have been more women who came forward, and they decided to. I mean, obviously the the, the legalities of it and the legal strategy are beyond my scope. Right. Uh, but over the course of the investigation, more than ninety women said they would step forward. Yeah. Ninety women. Yeah. But the charges rested on the complaints of two women, Miriam Haley, who's a production assistant, um, who said something. He made her do something that I'm not going to talk about mm-hmm, in this family you. program. And Jessica Mann, a former actress, who alleged that he raped her in a hotel in 2013. And then they considered the testimony of another actress, Annabelle Ciora, um, who said that there was also um, a situation involving rape in the early 90s mm-hmm. and in deciding whether he was a sexual predator. Now, they decided no to the sexual predator charge. Right. Uh, it's interesting to see. I'm always kind of curious about um, about trials and the the theater of a trial. Because, you know, for years you would see Harvey Weinstein in the tabloids or whatever, you know, on television. He looked like a, a big, burly, strong, you know, just a big guy. And since the trial started, the theater of the trial is, is Harvey Weinstein hunched over and using a walker, of all things, making his way into court, looking anything but uh, strong right. and powerful. Right. It reminds me, actually, of the docu-series on Aaron Hernandez that I finished last night. Mm-hmm. You watched it as well. I did. And when you see you know, all the news we heard about Aaron Hernandez, the former tight end for the Patriots, uh, who was charged with three counts of murder, was convicted of one, and ended up committing suicide in prison in Massachusetts – Everything I heard about the story, in my head, I had the trial in a big courtroom with like a 50-foot ceiling right, right. and, you know, the weight of the American judiciary coming down on him in a very classic American way. When you see the actual video from the courtroom, it's incredibly small. Yeah. Uh, there can't be more than 50 seats in there. Right. And Aaron Hernandez looks small. He looks like a lost boy. He really does. Um, uh, whether you love football or not – what you're alluding to, the Aaron Hernandez Netflix, it's a three-part series. As hard as it is to watch. You should watch it. You really you really should. It gives a lot of insight into drugs, into celebrity, into thuggish behavior, into brokenness, into mother-son relationships. Father-son father, relationships. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, it's fascinating. In the end, of course, it's a heartbreak of a story. It is. But – when we finished it, my husband and I both said we were so glad that we had invested the time watching mm-hmm. it because it makes you look at a lot of things differently. It just opens up your eyes to the way communities work, the way you know a kid who grows up in a place is affected by that place. And his position there when it comes to sports just overshadowed everything else about his reality from right. the time he was five years old to the time he was 24 years yep. old. It made his life and it crushed his life yep. as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, news today out of Manhattan. Uh, Harvey Weinstein is going to spend time in jail, what, five to 29 years. I would imagine with the celebrity and all that, that uh, this may be a life sentence for Harvey Weinstein. He may never see the light of day again. Take a break, come back. We're going to change uh, course. We're going to talk about food. So what is it to eat well? 
Are we talking about like fad dieting or are we talking about something that's really serious like fasting? Dr. Jay Richards next on today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Giving is the goal on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Kids Radio is sponsoring a share a thought to help raise money for a local homeless shelter. And they hope three unique stories about sharing will help them reach their fundraising goal. Be generous this season as you tune in to Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at one 800 936 5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, and it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Ash Wednesday. This Wednesday, right, which tomorrow, of course, is Fat Tuesday. Today's Call Up Monday. Call Up Monday. This is new to me. C-O-L-L-O-P. So Call Up Monday is... Eat your bacon. Right. Yeah. It's 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 pan- also called Pancake Day, on which fried bacon slices or collops and eggs form the appropriate dish. 
Don't you just want to fast? You want to pull Mike, away from Mike the table? Mike wants to live on mm. call-up day. Dr. Jay Richards <laughs> is back with us again. He's got a brand new work called Eat Fast Feast, Heal Your Body While Feeding Your Soul, a Christian guide to fasting. But he also wrote a companion piece to the book called What If Millions of Christians Fasted Together During Lent? Jay, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Good to be with you guys. So it seems like there's a new diet fad that comes out every 12 months or so. So we had, you know, the mm-hmm. gluten-free thing. We had the low-fat thing. We have the keto thing. Now people are talking about 15 hours a day of fasting. Now, this is not in a spiritual sense. This is just when it comes to controlling how we talk about food. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've for decades, people have been trying different kinds of fasts. I mean, different kinds of diets, all of which essentially involve persistent caloric restriction. And you can lose a little weight doing that. Lots of people do, but they almost always gain it back because it messes up your metabolism. This new idea, kind of going under the label of intermittent fasting, is that rather than trying to do that, you actually adjust your metabolism if you'll just fast like most humans did for most of history, so that you just basically narrow the time window during the day when you eat and spend most of your day in a fasted state. I see. So, so Jay, in the very beginning, Christians regularly fasted, did they not? Yes, absolutely. In fact, all early Christians, every church father, if you read them, they all they noticed that Jesus fasted for 40 days in the desert. They assumed they were supposed to fast in some ways. And the pattern for centuries was a full fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, and then a mini feast on Sundays, and then these long 40-some-odd-day fast before Christmas and, and Easter, followed by, of course, the great feast of Christmas and Easter. So if fasting is something that the early church understood, practiced, it was just a part of life. It wasn't a diet fad. It wasn't a way to be, you know, edgy in, in your faith. No, right. It was a spiritual exercise. <laughs> right. It was a spiritual exercise. Yeah. So talk about how the Christian church got out of that habit. Well, it really took centuries, and I, in the book, I, I basically blame it on the divisions in the body of Christ, and so it came to be one of these things that people said, well, you know, you people over there that are fasting, you're, you're trying to earn your salvation, and so others said we're not going to do it at all, and there's kind of a reaction to it. And then uh, among Catholics, just a kind of slow dropping of it, lots of exemptions and exceptions that were made, and then things like eating fish on Fridays. At one point, if you were a shepherd in the middle of the country, nowhere near the water, just eating fish on Friday would be a sacrifice. Sacrifice. But, you know, 2020, you live in Washington, D.C., and you have to eat cheese pizza and lobster bisque on Friday. The kind of logic of the sacrifice of right. doesn't seem like Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. right. That big of a lobster deal. bisque mm-hmm. would be nice on a Friday. Right. <laughs> okay, so, but, let Jay, let's personalize this. Um, this mm-hmm. is a, a, a process that you've investigated yourself in a theoretical yeah. sense, in a research sense, but also it has become part of your daily life. Talk about how you got interested in it and why you are where you are. Well, I honestly stumbled upon it. I had a medical procedure and couldn't eat for 36 hours, and I had been eating a really low-carb ketogenic diet. It just happened to be at the time. Went to work out. thought, this is going to be terrible. And instead, I felt really good, really energetic, and my mind was cleared. So I did what anybody would do. I went to the Internet and started Googling sure. this. And turns out, you know, it was at the time when it was still kind of a cringe thing, but there are, turns out, hundreds of scientific articles researching the physical benefits of fasting. And that got me sort of interested in it because I had honestly – been a kind of Christian with a guilty conscience for the longest time because I'd try to fast, was never very good at it, 
Um, and so I was always sort of glad that it, it wasn't imposed upon us. But the more I got into it and realized, okay, we wonder about the spiritual torpor of the church. Well, we have dropped one of these major tools in our arsenal that was used for spiritual warfare and prayer and exorcism for most of history. Maybe, maybe this is something that we should recover. I see. So then describe, Jay, how it drew you closer to God, or did it? It did. And I mean, that, that was, I, honestly, for me, the kind of mental clarity, and if you read the Church Fathers, they talk about this, because if your mind is clear, frankly, you're going to do, have a better time praying. Most of us are distracted prayers, and if I'm doing a mental praying as opposed to praying out loud, my mind drifts. And I can tell you when I'm fasting, first of all, you have a constant physical reminder of something. Jesus in the Gospels told the apostles, you know, some of them went out and they came back and said, well, we were trying to exercise these demons and they just wouldn't leave. And Jesus said, well, some of these only come out by prayer and fasting. And so it absolutely makes sense when you do this that you'll discover much more robust praying. You you actually discipline your body and your soul. You detach yourself from these things. It's not that food is bad. Food is a good thing. Yes. It's just that it needs to be put in its place, and that's what fasting allows you to do. Dr. Jay Richards with us. His new book is called Eat, Fast, Feast, Heal Your Body While Feeding Your Soul. Jay, let me go back to your the mandatory 36-hour fast that you had to do um, mm-hmm. for health reasons for a procedure you were having done. I want to ask you about the clarity of mind that you say you experienced. Yeah. Describe that. I mean, is it is it a type of – is it like a mystical situation you're talking about or is it a physiological thing? It's, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, honestly, it feels like an extreme lucidity in which your mind is clear. I mean, most of us, ex- I experience this once in a while when I'm doing something I really enjoy, and you kind of lose the passage of time, and you just feel really focused. That w- really was the initial feeling. And I've noticed it really intently when you go a couple of days on a water-only fast, which surprises people. Most people are just experiencing this frantic feeling four hours after they finished eating. But when you get into this and make it a part of your life, you actually, you just feel differently. And there's a physiological reason, I think, for this, and it's this production of ketones. It's a type of energy that your body uses, either from your body fat or from food fat. When it doesn't have any more carbohydrates, it starts producing these ketones. And ketones run really well in your brain. Your brain actually likes ketones. And so I think there's a, just a really basic kind of physiological effect that's happening. And just most of us deprive ourselves of that because we've never experienced it. I see. So the, the water-only fast, Jay, how long did you run down that road? Well, and so I do this um, periodically, like during Lent, I'll do it on Wednesdays and Fridays. I usually don't go more than 72 hours, but I, I testimonies of people that go five or more days. I think most of the spiritual and the physical benefits can be had uh, on short-term fast, and five days is all the way out. I'm not saying no one should ever do a 40-day fast like Jesus. I just think the risks of that are really intense, and we got to start somewhere, and so I'd much rather see people integrating it into their regular sure. week than trying these massive fasts right off the bat. So in the midst of that, I mean, you had to be, especially early on in the days when you were just putting together this th- this thread of fasting, didn't you get cranky? Yeah, I did. Early on, I did. And so that honestly, in the book, this is why I set up a kind of on-ramp for people, because most of us have experienced this. I, for years, thought it was important to our health to eat six, seven, eight small right. little meals a day and throughout the day. I told my children this, made them eat right when they got up out of bed. And so if you're used to doing that, that makes fasting hard. But what I discovered is that if you're metabolically flexible, in other words, if you've eaten in such a way that your body can use either sugar or fat for fuel, you transition really easily and you don't feel that frantic feeling. So yeah, it's, it's a sacrifice. 
uh, but it's not torture. And if it's torture for you, that's that's a sign something's going wrong. Sure. And then so in the midst of that, can you describe drawing closer to the Lord? I mean, what that sacrifice was like in the midst of all that, well, you know, turmoil, the crankiness. But at some point, did you turn and surrender? Absolutely. And in fact, the crankiness, um, initially when that happens, my wife always tells people, look, just offer that up. Offer that up as an offering to God for, for other people and use it to pray. And that's absolutely true. On the other hand, you know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, you have to carry a yoke. You have to carry a cross every day. But for most of us that aren't called to martyrdom, the reality is that we need to give up little things so that we, we have a sacrificial attitude. But there's a way in which he consoles us, and that's what I've discovered. I can tell you that kind of crankiness from fasting is long past for me. And if, some, if you do this for months, it's not the kind of thing that you experience when you do normally. Most of us, when we just mm-hmm. miss a meal during the day, we feel cranky. That tends to go away because your body gets used to it. And you know, oh, yeah, okay, this must be a fasting day. Right. Now, you mentioned your wife. You have done this together? We have done this together, and I have a chapter in the book called Fasting Together, because I really think, though, fasting, just like prayer, is a private spiritual discipline. I think there's real power in doing it together. At the same time, I don't think if somebody's fasting and they're listening, the last thing you want to do is badger your spouse or your children into it, right? Let them sort of want to do it, and then when they do... You know, you can develop a fasting routine together as a family or a Bible study or a community. But my wife does it as well. And it was the same thing for her. She initially thought, oh, no, I've got hypoglycemia. I can't possibly do it. But, you know, you sort of worked this out and kind of worked out the kinks. And I laid this out in the book. There's actually a way to kind of ease into this where it becomes a natural part of your daily life. Jay Rich is with us. Eat, fast, feast. Heal Your Body While Feeding Your Soul, A Christian Guide to Fasting. Now, Jay, just to be clear, even though Lent starts on Wednesday, this is not mm-hmm. just a Lenten, a Lenten sacrifice for you. This is part of your life now. It is. And so, I mean, Lent and Advent and then Eastern Orthodox Christians actually have a, a time during June for St. Peter and St. Paul when they fast. Those are the kind of longstanding fasts in which you have it. It's not literally a 40-day fast during Lent, but it is a special time of sacrifice in which you're preparing your heart and your mind for the the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary and his resurrection. And there's something about that 40 days. I mean, it takes about that amount of time, first of all, for your body to adjust. The number 40 has this is pregnant with meaning in in, in the Bible. Of course, Jesus is 40 days in the desert. So that's been, I'd say, since about the fourth century, this idea of a Lenten fast has existed for a long time. But absolutely, I mean, a lot of people will focus on the fact that Ash Wednesday starts Lent and we know there's supposed to be some kind of sacrifice then. But I really think that what you want to do is you want to be able to fast across different timescales, across the day when you're not eating all the time, across the week, maybe fast a couple of days a week, and then these longer fasts where you abstain from a lot of stuff over a long period of time. I think there's both spiritual and and physical benefits to those different timescale fasts. Okay. Jay, let me close by asking the question that you asked in this article you wrote for the stream. What if millions of Christians fasted together during Lent? What's your guess? I think I think there would be amazing miracles that happen. And I, yeah, I, there are churches that do this. There's a church in South Georgia, an evangelical megachurch that does this. They have a three-week fast starting January 1st, so the first three weeks of every year. You cannot believe the stories that come out, personal mm-hmm. stories of healing from cancer, healing of marriages. I, I have to tell you, I hear lots of stories of people who maybe a husband and wife are separated and their, their marriage is on the rocks, and the wife will just, last thing, you know, she'll try everything. So, well, maybe, maybe I should fast, and she'll start fasting, and suddenly there will be a breakthrough. I really do think 
that God's just set us up in a way. I mean, we're body and soul creatures. We're unified spiritual and physical entities made in God's image. And so I just think there's something about sort of laying our metabolism on the line and this kind of basic primal physical thing individually. Now imagine if we did that as the body of Christ, millions of us voluntarily, not because anybody's making us do it, but just raising up praying and fasting during this six-and-a-half-week period, I just think that we could really see a spiritual renewal in the church if we did something like this. I love it. Would it be that it were so that all of us were so inclined to fast together to uh, to be with Christ? Eat, fast, feast, heal your body while feeding your soul. A Christian guide to fasting, Dr. Jay Richards. Jay, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys. This is cool. It's a beautiful work, isn't it? Sure is. Highly recommended. Dr. J. Richards, Eat Fast Feast. mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide addresses the reasons every Every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I was talking to my son, who's a student at Grove City College, about the current semester and his workload and his homework and all that. And he said, Dad, I'm just trying to stay focused. And so our conversation turned into, what do you do to stay focused Mm -hmm. in college? How does that work for you? And for him, the biggest thing is a daily routine to wake up, the prayers, the breakfast, the school, all that thing. One of the things I think is powerful about Grove City is the requirement that you show up at chapel. It's a regular, twice a week thing that you have to do, that you've got to sign in. And you know what it is to have a child in college, right? Uh, The spiritual life often waxes and wanes. The hope is, through the focus that Grove City provides, of those weekly chapel, that accountability, that the focus stays strong on God first and foremost, and all things go from there. My daughter's a varsity swimmer at Grove City. In fact, just this past weekend, they won PACS, which was the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years that both the boys and girls won PACS. It was a terrific, terrific weekend. We all we just had a wonderful time. But the thing I think I noticed most in talking to my daughter is that structure of having to be at practice twice a day, having to be lifting every day, having to be with the team, as much of a commitment as it is. It gives the structure you're talking about that allows them to also excel in school. It seems like there isn't enough time in the day, but I think it's the structure that makes it work. Right. It's not easy being a college student, but Grove City gives your child the best shot. Look online, gcc.edu. 
When the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run when your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word. And get back to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight, cloudy with occasional rain from late evening on low 38. Tomorrow and tomorrow night, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle. High tomorrow, 47. Low tomorrow night, 41. Cloudy Wednesday with rain at times, high 49. Thursday, cloudy becoming windier and colder with a snow shower, high 28. Friday, still cloudy, brisk and cold, high 28. With your Accu with the forecast, I'm Brian May. talked about this for months on end and today is the day I don't think we've talked about it for months, months on, end. on end it seems like months well, okay. i think it's been weeks i was talking about it in my sleep we are streaming live now officially we are streaming on facebook the word fm facebook page 101.5 word fm on facebook you'll uh, click that link it uh, you'll see it just you know it's a little bit scroll down and there we are here yeah. we are streaming Hi, everybody this Hi. is us yeah. For better or worse. Yeah, we're also so, on the Ride Home with John and Kathy Facebook page as well. Oh, we're doing oh, both pages at the same time. I did not I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. Oh, yep. so tune into our Facebook page, the Ride oh, Home with John and Kathy, yeah. too. Do both. Whichever what one the... you want. You do pick whatever well, one look, you is, want. This is real. This is actually streaming now across the world. That's just, an, that that's just an annoying sound. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> so that yeah. is. just want to say that. All right, so hours before the NHL's trade deadline, the Pens have yep. acquired veteran forward Patrick Marlowe from the Sharks. Um, so Marlowe is 40 years old. Wow. He's been in the league a long time. Um, but he's a forward. He's a goal scorer. And I think we all agree that we need that. We sure but do. But how about we got uh, Connor Sheary back? Yay. Not Sheary. Shari. Remember he as last? he yeah. was leaving, he said, by the way, all the time I've been here, you've all said my no name. No way. Wrong. Connor Shari. Yeah, so it's, Shari. It's Shari. I when always did, thought it was Sheary. Yeah. Me too. When did he leave? Did he win a cup? A year. He did. He did. I want to cover. I want to say he was gone a year. I think he at this at the trade deadline last year. Am I, I right so. about that? One of you bought so. a house while he was here, and they're like, "I'm going back home again." It's a good question. He looks like he's 11. Really? Yeah. I don't uh, think he is. Anyway, um, and Dominic Cahoon is gone uh, to the Sabers. All right. Well, so that's where we are. I mean, the Pens had a, you know like a high point, like five games away, right? Five games ago. I know. And then everything all of a sudden, was looking so the good, and then I don't know what the heck's happened. Yeah, what's going on? It's bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, how about the story about the Zamboni driver, oh, David Ayers? Now, listen. First of all, the Zamboni is sort of a mythical. It's a. Um, it's almost mystical, I should say. It is because what? it's only in hockey, and everybody wants obviously. to drive it, right? right? And it's such a weird thing, and it's a company that's still family owned. Yes. So the Zamboni driver was, you know, doing his business, and then two goalies for what team? Uh, so two goalies were both injured. Both the starting goalie and the backup goalie for it's the crazy. Carolina Hurricanes were both injured. Carolina. They were they were playing in Toronto um, against the Maple Leafs, and this is something that just does not happen often that you lose both of your goalies. Um, this was Saturday night, but David Ayers was running the Zamboni in Toronto. He had <laughs> he had played hockey a long time ago, and he had some loose association with the Hurricane organization. I he can't would practice figure with out. Them. Okay, so he'd kind of hang out, right? Um, but 
you know, he's, what, 42 years old. Yeah. Right? And as I'm not sure if I made it clear that he was running the Zamboni at the game. I mean, it'd be like, you know, sitting at PNC Park during a playoff run and someone saying, come on out of the stands and, you know, get up there and and throw a fastball. So between the first and second period, all of a sudden someone comes to him and says, hey, you need to suit up. And he says, for what? Like, no, we need you to suit up because you need to play gold. In the NHL. So anyway, he was very shocked. And he said he was incredibly nervous, but he suited up and he went out in the second period. It's not like this was the last four minutes of the game. No, He went out in the second period, and this is when things got dicey because the first shot he saw went in, and the second shot he saw also went in. But then that was it? That was it. And his team won. Yep. So he, um, he had a save in the second. He had seven saves in the third. It was a 6-3 win for the Hurricanes over the Maple Leafs. And here's what was even greater, is that the Toronto fans, even though they lost the game, were giving him a standing ovation by the end. Because it was such an amazing story. So I heard he gets $500 and his game jersey. And his stick is sent to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Because he's the oldest goalie in NHL history to win his regular season debut. Never say never. And wait, this is also just... So terrific. I don't know if you remember the part of the story where he, 15 years ago, received a kidney right. from his mom in a transplant. So the Colorado Hurricanes are selling his jersey, number 90, to benefit the Kidney Foundation, which is, I don't know, they've sold like, I don't know, 6,000 or something <laughs> since Saturday, right? Good. That's very good. Uh, and he became just the third emergency goalie to ever play in an NHL game in the modern era. And the first to win, I think. How isn't that Something that's so cool. His stick sent to the Hockey Hall of Fame. So three cheers for David Ayers. See, that's why sports are just so cool. I know because stories like that, improbable, amazing, fantastic. Plus Ben's throwing. Did oh, you that's see that? Right. Not not like a little ping pong ball, but he's no. throwing a football. Okay, let's see what happens as the month move ahead with Ben Roethlisberger. One hundred one point five W O R D. There are a lot of messages in the world telling girls to be more, do more, and have more. On the next Focus on the Family, Tara Matson shares wisdom and truth to help you empower your daughter and root her in grace. You'll learn ways to boost her confidence, nurture her faith, and help her cultivate lasting friendships. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year. And that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, Call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. 
Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. We are currently streaming live on Facebook, the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook, or 101.5 Word of M on Facebook. You can see our bright and shining faces. And not just ours. Right now. No, because we have a, our first guest in studio who's also streaming live. Ralph Crew is with us. Ralph is the uh, Program Development Coordinator at the Carnegie Science Center. He is an endless font of information. <laughs> Ralph, welcome back. Thanks for having I me. I think he's a font. I think a font. A font? I don't think he's a font. He's a font? A font is like Helvetica, right? Right, exactly. I I want to make you a font. (laughs) A font? He's a font? Plus, I don't like Helvetica. No, it's, I think no, it's overrated. Are you an Ariel person? No, I don't no. like Ariel. What are you? A I Sarah like fan? I like a Bookman old style. Oh, okay, what, what would Ralph be? Wingdings. <laughs> I, I like Georgia actually. It's do you like Georgia? Georgia's it's, nice. it's not too showy. Yes, it's not right? too much. It's not promoting yourself. I think it is. Ralph Cruz, like, but Bookman old style. I think we're going back to the classics. <laughs> the Georgia font among us. <laughs> All right, so tell us tell us about the variable star, Ralph. Okay, so. Uh, you know, the constellation Orion, uh, most people would recognize it by his belt of three stars. Yes, sure. uh, easy to a, see. Another prominent star in Orion is uh, his right shoulder. So if you imagine oh. him facing us, his right shoulder, okay. which will be on your left. It is called, this is my favorite name of any star in the sky, it is called Betelgeuse. But uh, not spelled that way. Not spelled that way, although if you watch the movie... The name on the tombstone for him in the little model is spelled no. in the same way really? as the Is star. that right? The Michael Keaton is that Beetlejuice? True? Yes. Okay. The classic uh, Michael Keaton Beetlejuice. Yes. Uh, and so Beetlejuice is not just a movie character, but also a star. And it's a very extreme star. So this star is a red supergiant. It is one of the largest stars that you can see without a telescope. So it's, it's in the upper, I think it's probably in the top 1% of the stars in the sky. Uh, it is absolutely huge. It is very near the end of its life. Whoa. And it's a variable star which goes through, so it goes through these cycles of brightness, but it just went through the dimmest cycle we've ever seen. And there were a lot of people uh, who were getting kind of hyped up about it because this is a star that is so massive that at the end of its life, it will go supernova, which means it will explode 
very violently, it, at that point, will become brighter than the full moon in our really? sky. What? Yes. No kidding. Okay, so when you say it's near the end of its life. Within the next million years. Okay. <laughs> Give or take. But for a star, that's very of soon. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's actually probably less than a million years, but still likely in the order of thousands of years. So, I see. Uh, and, you know, people got but, all But it could happen now. This. Like, we don't know. Right. It well, could we happen now. It could happen now, but that is m- unlikely, right? When you think of the, l- the length of, you know, our human lives are very short. The lifespan of this star is very long. But, yes, it could happen now. It is at the very, you know, at the end of its life cycle. And we saw this dimming, and there were those who thought... I mean, this star went from a top 10 brightest star in the sky to not even making the top 20. Really? It dropped far. And stayed there. Uh, it stayed there for a while, although, actually, I just found out it is just turning the corner, which doesn't surprise me. It does go through mm-hmm. cycles of brightness. Um this one was the most extreme anyone's seen. Also, this star is so large. Uh, to give, give you an idea, if we replace the sun with Betelgeuse, it would extend out to Jupiter. Whoa. That's how big it is. Yeah, it's about a Holy billion wow. miles across. Oh, wow. Right. So it, a billion so miles. So it's that mm-hmm. much bigger than our sun. It's that much bigger. And, uh, it, and it's so big that even though it's over 600 light years away... We can see it. Uh, we can see angular size. It's not just a point source in I a see, telescope. I we see. can actually see the disk of the star, and it became somewhat lopsided, which is very sort of strange. That's cool. Um, and it's exciting. And it's it's also exciting to see so much activity from a star that you know most people can see with their unaided eye pretty easily. A star right. many of you probably have already noticed uh, before. Whereas sure. a lot of amazing stars, you need telescopes to see. They're mm-hmm. very far away. I mean, most of the stars in the galaxy are are too dim to see without a telescope, but not Betelgeuse. And so seeing this in the news has been really exciting, especially as an astronomy fan. Without a doubt. Okay, so say, presuppose mm-hmm. that that supernova event would happen. I mean, yes. I mean, have we ever, has there ever been anything like that, you know, that we've seen, you know, through the uh, astronomical world, that sure. something's so phenomenal? Yeah, uh, there, there has, but not in a long time, not within our lifetimes, okay. not within the last century. Um, the most notable example I can think of is the formation of the Crab Nebula, uh, which is a supernova remnant. The supernova that, that formed that happened about a thousand years ago. And we have records from Chinese astronomers that very carefully place it in the sky. It was bright enough to see in the daytime. Really? Um, in the daytime. And they called it a guest star. Uh, which is... Uh, I One think, that was just visiting. Yeah, just visiting. Well, when you think about it, the word nova also implies a new star mm-hmm. just suddenly showing up. Um, and that, I think, is also really interesting. This is So you can still see the leftovers of the supernova. You can see it with a backyard telescope, actually. And, uh, and it gives us great insight into the nature of these massive explosions. It's really hard to explain how big a supernova is, uh, but I heard an astronomer describe it once, and uh, I'm going to pose a question. I'll see what you guys think. What would be brighter, a supernova at the distance of the sun or a nuclear bomb going off literally on your eyeball? <laughs> Which would be brighter? Okay, please tell me. I would think it was the nuclear bomb going off on my the eyeball. The supernova would be over a thousand times brighter than What? The yeah. So this is a profoundly Fantastic. powerful event. Uh, its brilliance is brighter than all the other stars in the parent galaxy combined. So for a brief moment, well, actually brief, oh. a few weeks, it would be brighter 
than all the rest of the galaxy combined. All that power just out there. It's pretty oh. phenomenal. But yet, it's still space is so big that Beetlejuice is far enough away from us that we would be safe and we would just have a really cool show. So it That's would be cool. exciting if it happened. Although uh, I still, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up for it. And again, as right. I mentioned earlier, it is on the upswing. It is starting to brighten up again. From the Carnegie Science Center, Ralph Cruz with us. So, uh, Ralph, let's move forward because I mean that's fabulous. Talk about, though, one of the favorite days of the year, the spring equinox. Right. So the spring or the vernal equinox is coming up. It'll be the 19th of March. Uh, And one of the things about it that I think is kind of interesting uh, is that it is actually not the day where the day length and the night length is the same. What? I know, right? It does seem like it should be. We've been duped. I know. There's There's a second day called an equilux. That occurs. No, wait, that seems like a product that's trying to rip off the original. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked Equinox, exactly. you'll Just, love. You're going to love Equilux. <laughs> uh, so the Equilux happens a little bit before the Equinox. Um, and the reason that it happens a little bit before is that the sun doesn't have zero size, right? The sun has some angular size to it. And the day starts not when the center of the sun rises above the horizon. Oh, but when the top but of just it. when the very tippy top does. Sure. And that little difference in just a couple of minutes between when the top of the sun rises and when the center, central point of the sun rises, is what means that the equilux will happen on the 16th, whereas the equinox happens on the 19th. Although, astronomically speaking, the equinox is more, uh, more technically defined as when the sun passes over the celestial equator. I see. Uh, yeah. But whether it's the 16th or the 19th, it means longer days are here. Yes, we are emerging from the darkness. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. that is outstanding news. Ralph Crew is with us from the Carnegie Science Center. He's the program development coordinator there. I want to check up on the mummies. Yes, so we are uh, almost through our run of mummies. If you haven't seen it, you have about a month uh, left, a little more than a month. They'll, they'll, they'll be done by the beginning of April. And this is... One of my favorite exhibits we've ever done at the Carnegie Science Center. It's so profoundly moving. It's exciting. It's interesting for the science-minded person, whether or not they're interested in the biology of what's going on there or the anthropology. Um, and, I, I mean, it's it's hard not to get excited about mm-hmm. something like this. And, it, I mean, it's a world-class exhibit uh, and once it's gone, we uh, I mean, it's the only one of its kind in the world that's right. like this. All right. So let me – I was thinking about you a couple of weeks ago when I was in Indonesia because I went to an, a, a, a small mummy exhibit. Mm-hmm. And by small, I mean there were just a couple there. Sure. Um, because it wasn't – that wasn't the focus of the exhibit. It, the focus was on a particular part of Indonesia. Was it a museum you were at? It was at a museum, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the mummy – was, what was so surprising to me was the posture in which they were mummified. Okay. So they were seated. Yes. And I had never, in, in my mind, of course, mummies are all Egyptian and they're all lying down and right. they're, they're right. all wrapped into the paper. Yes. Right. <laughs> they're on a chair? No, they're, they're seated. They're, they're kind of, well, since we're Facebooking live, I can oh, show you. Oh, there you, you. go. Thank so you. it's kind of like this. Oh, sure. I see. That, that's how they're, that, really? Yeah, that's how they're mummified. And they're looking up. So they're like this looking up. Wow. So while we don't have Indonesian mummies at our mummies exhibit, we do have uh, what are called bundle mummies. Uh, which are South American mummies, which have a very, very similar position. And while I can't speak to what's going on with these Indonesian mummies, uh, with the South American mummies, at least to some extent, part of the idea was that you wanted to be mummified in the fetal position Uh in a way to sort of exit the world. The way way you came into it. Uh, Which, 
you know, makes me look at those people, you know, those flat as a board mummies, look at them in a sort of missed out. Like it seems like a natural way to be, but maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I like so, yeah, we do have, and we do, so we do have examples of them. Uh, and in, in this case, uh, the mummies that we have are bundled up in a sort of a wicker basket, almost looking structure. Hmm. Um, and uh, it, depending on, on the society uh, in South America that, that uh, mummified them, you know, people have been known to like, take their ancestors down for special events and mm-hmm. you know ceremonies and things like that. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, like you know, bring grandpa to dinner. Uh, but Stop for a it. special, but I mean, I shouldn't speak. You know, I I do want to remain respectful as much as possible, right? Because there are different um, cultural traditions. Wait, you bring that the we mummy to dinner. You bring the mummy, like you know, as a traveling. Well, companion? I think it's probably more than just regular dinner. But yeah, uh, there are. Yeah, you might be able to bring to to sort of for special ceremonial events. I see. To connect to your ancestors if mm-hmm. the mummies are are there. So mm-hmm. then there were families had that had these mummies around the house. Well, I think they were stored in a separate location most of the time. Uh, and then brought around for But you had access to that. Yeah, yeah, you had access. Well, I mean, you know, similarly, we, you know, have cemeteries and places where right. we go to visit right. the remains of our loved ones as but well. But they would just go into the crypt and retrieve yeah. mummy. Yeah, something. That's fascinating. More or less, yeah. Wow. All right, we're talking to Ralph Crew from the Carnegie Science Center. He's Program Development Coordinator. We're going to step away. When we come back, we'll continue a cool science news with Ralph. All right. <laughs> oh, we are streaming. I'm looking at Ralph right now. He does not look like Doesn't a mummy. Doesn't he look terrific? Not like a mummy oh, at all. Stop it. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 888 472 4418 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated marketing text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To two four six eight ten. Text socks 
888-242-4610. Does your church have a 2020 vision for missions? PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries presents the 2020 Vision Conference, Saturday, March 7th at the Lamont. A day to equip your church to reach the nations through local and world evangelism. Ravi Zacharias Ministries' Lou Phillips and an esteemed panel of guests discuss the unique challenges of sharing the gospel in our changing times. Buffet lunch included. Reserve now at pghcommission.org. Every cup of Circle K coffee is ground in the moment. So, whether you're craving coffee now or now, you'll get the freshest cup in the world at Circle K. Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. From the Carnegie Science Center, Ralph Crew is with us talking about the... Uh, the exhibition, the mummy exhibition that's ongoing right now. You said about a month or so left, right? Yeah. Uh, first week of April is the last chance you'll have to see it. And I would recommend getting there sooner than later if you're interested. That's actually a really great time to come to the Science Center here in late February early uh, and into early March. We have um, a little more breathing room. Once we get a little later, we get so many field trips, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Like and we love having those students, but it can be a Overwhelming. bit of a right. yeah. It can be a little nutty. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the coronavirus. Sure. Um, it's in the news. It's affected the Dow. The, the Dow's, Dow's down 1,032 Oof. points today. Right. Holy yeah. So I'm sure a lot of that is, you know, is physical issues in delivery and such. But I think a lot of it is also fear um, because we know how much that affects the stock market. So uh, viruses, um, Ralph, it's amusing to me and kind of sad that people talk about the coronavirus like it's, the, you know, the worst, you know, human disease issue we've ever had. Right. Which is just a, a media conflagration of something that's yeah, currently it, happening. I do think there's a certain measure of hype. Now, I, I mean, I don't want to be misunderstood. It, it, coronavirus is a serious thing, and people sure. have lost their lives to it. Uh, how, however, there are other viruses that take lives all the time that we don't freak out about. Most notably to me is influenza, which takes thousands of Americans every year. Um, and you don't, and yet I still know people who won't get a flu shot because they just don't feel like going down to the pharmacy, you know, can, right? Yeah, and get it's, a flu shot. Uh, which I do recommend if you're worried about coronavirus, go get a flu shot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 the other thing about coronavirus is that it's not, I mean, while this particular strain is novel, uh, it's very likely that everyone in this room and many people listening have had a coronavirus at one point or another. If you've had a common cold, uh, it's very likely that at least one of the times you had a cold was a coronavirus. Really? It's a whole family of viruses. So what makes this one so deadly? Um, so this one is particularly virulent because it, it seems to have uh, crossed over from an animal. We're not exactly sure. I've seen some studies that said it may have been from a snake. Uh, it's thought to have come from a meat market in uh, Wuhan in China. Or bats, I heard. Um, yeah, bats are a common source for this kind of thing as well. Uh, and when that happens, uh, when you when you have this cross species jump, it's called zoonosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- sometimes you'll see we people will have a little less resistance to that, and certainly oh, okay. um, it can become a very serious respiratory infection for those who have it. Uh, it's very similar. If you guys remember the SARS sure. uh, outbreak, sure. it's essential. SARS was also a coronavirus. Um, and it, in many ways, is similar to that, and the world kept on turning after that. I mean, of course, that was also a difficult time. But in the meantime, things like influenza and other sort of everyday illnesses 
are still so impactful. Right. Um, but the and, spotlight is just happens to be now in the corona. Yeah, and I think part of it is because it's novel and, uh, you know, we don't have a flu shot for it yet, right? There's not right. a vaccine for it yet. And because there's some mystery about how the Chinese government has carried out the procedures. Yeah, sure. And, and the way that they, you know, well, look, I mean, the, the, one of the markets I heard is called a wet market because of, right? Right. The yeah. animals that are consumed there. Yikes. Yeah. No wonder you get a virus. Yeah, not a great name for a no. place. No, a I don't think market. I want to go to the wet market. If I was opening a restaurant, I wouldn't call <laughs> no. it I think that. I'm, I'm Come on a, in, folks. I think I'm going to visit the dry market yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead. All right, Ralph. So coming up at the Science Center, you've got a Cafe Sci. Yeah, we do have Cafe Sci coming up. It is on the first Monday of March. Okay. Uh, we do Cafe Sci of the first Monday of every month, and it's a totally different topic each time. This time, we have a specialist from a robotics company that's local. They're called Near Earth Autonomy. Oh, cool. Uh, and they build various sensors and LIDAR scanners, things like that, that are attached to autonomous flying vehicles. And it's amazing. It's the future. When you come to this and you see what the uh, the uh, speaker we have is going to be demonstrating, it, you feel like, oh, wow, we're really far. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and he, uh, I, I was with him earlier. He came to check out the space and did a scan of it with these sensors that his company has built. Really? And it was unreal. I mean, like every detail of the room in a three-dimensional map. No kidding. Um, and, the amount and, of specialization. Yeah. That people exhibit today is uh, shocking. This this is such cool stuff. So it's, he just comes to see the room and wow. he's going to map it. Right? He already has. He mapped and it took like no time. Really? To map oh my it. gosh! This thing is incredible. You've also got a skywatch coming up. We do have a skywatch. So if you're excited about Beetlejuice, you can come check it out on the sixth of March. Uh, we have a big telescope on our roof and lots of other smaller telescopes. And no matter what the weather, it's never cloudy in our planetarium. Very so nice. it's always worth checking out. Ralph, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah, yes, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, you are a font. <laughs> The uh, Georgia font. No, yeah, Georgia's his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Crew from the Carnegie Science Center. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, the podcast is up and running, I believe, after we leave the air. Um, what about the uh, the streaming? Is the streaming well, up the streaming and running stops, as well? Because then if we're not doing it anymore, it's not live streaming. Can you see the podcast and stream at the same time, I wonder? We're going to find out. Oh, yeah. That's a thumbs They're up. They're nodding. Can. They're nodding. All right. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.